All right. I have a question for you. Um, a thief steals, right? Where does a thief steal? Or what does a thief steal? Anything they can get their hands on? Anything of value, okay? I want you to stick that in your pocket for a minute because we're going to come back around to that with a thief and, and the fact that he steals. He, he's going to try to grab something, anything that is of value that is around and available for him to steal, okay? I am convinced that what the world wants to see is not a perfect Christian. It's not a Christian that does it all right. I'm actually convinced the world isn't necessarily wanting to see a very, very powerful Christian, although that's very helpful. Okay? What I'm absolutely 100% convinced of is that what really gets the world's attention is when a Christ follower overcomes, when a Christ follower stands strong. I mean, just think about when we watch movies, all right? What grips us with movies is the main character, the fa- his resolve in the face of, you know, one storm after another storm and his resolve in overcoming obstacles and, and, and moving through those things and it, it inspires us, okay? I, I believe the world really wants to see Christians that can overcome. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. Um, we're going to throw up a scripture, okay? It is John 10.10. I think we have it up. It's going to be my main scripture for the day. Um, Some of you may know that already. It says this. The thief has come only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Okay. So my first question to you, if a thief is coming to steal what you have, okay, and steal from you, okay, you must be of some value. Why is he going to try to steal something of no value? I, think we, I, I tend to read Scripture in, in color. I tend to ask a lot of questions. I tend to just not read it rote for rote. But I tend to kind of mull on some things. And, and the other day I was reading this passage, um, and I'm like, it kind of dawned on me. It's like, yeah, you know, I mean... The thief wouldn't try to take something from us if we weren't of value. Okay? A thief isn't going to put himself at risk to steal something that's not of value. Um, the Passion Translation says it this way. A thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy, but my desire is to give you everything in abundance, more than you expected, life in its fullness, until you overflow. Um, there's a word in the Passion Translation, and, it, and it's actually in several of the translations. It's a transitional word. I'm sounding like a teacher again. Um, it's that word, but. Okay? And the title of what I want to share with you today is, to, is that we are called to live on the right side of the but. Okay? And now every, when I did this at the point, every middle school boy just couldn't get beyond, Okay? Living on the right side of the bus, Sarah. One T, not two. <laughs> one T. Living on the right side of the butt. The thief 
has come to rob, steal, kill, and destroy, but the right side. I have come that you might have a life, you might have it to the full. Jesus says some kind of weird things sometimes, if you really think about it, okay? So I want to paint a context for you, and I want to give you another scripture out of John 16, 33, okay? Imagine the disciples, okay? They've been following Jesus. They've been, Jesus has been telling them all of these amazing things, and he's been doing all these incredible miracles, and, and they know their time is coming to an end, and he's, they've already had a bit of the revelation that um, he is the Savior, he is the Messiah, and all this amazing stuff. And he's like, okay, guys, come here, come here, come here. I, I got something to tell you. And this is a very intimate moment with the 12. He, he pulls them together. So I want you to listen closely. Everybody's like, yeah, okay, here it comes. He said, I just want you to know something. In this world, you're just going to have a lot of trouble. I mean, think about that. Okay? I mean, put yourself in the, in the shoes of the apostles. Like, thank you for that, Jesus. Okay? That sounds very un-Jesus-like. Okay? In this world, you're going to have many troubles. But here comes that word again. But, actually, I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Version. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace and confidence. In the world, you will have tribulation and trials and distress and frustration. Ah. But, be of good cheer. Take courage, be confident, be certain, undaunted, for I have overcome the world. Sometimes I think we don't realize what we've signed up for as a Christ follower. We, we have this idea, and it certainly is true, all right, that God is all-powerful, He loves us, He's made us a new creation, we can do even greater things than He did, we have all these incredible, amazing promises, abilities, He's faithful, He's all of these amazing things, okay? But I think sometimes we forget that what He never promised is smooth sailing, okay? I mean, read through Scripture, Everywhere you look, when Jesus came into the picture, okay, when God came into the picture, <laughs> it created some chaos, all right? And I think we just need to be able to navigate some of the chaos of life because it's just real. And, and it's okay to understand that it's real. Okay? And to be honest with each other, and I want to encourage you this morning with this to say, you know what? I'm in some chaos right now. And it's real, and it's hard, and it's difficult. But, God will overcome. But, I am faithful to the Lord. If we start living that way, when I first got that revelation, and revelation's a word that's thrown around a lot. But what, I've, what I'm convinced that revelation is, is when something goes here, and it gets cemented here in your heart. When I first got that revelation last year, it's been a whole year that I've been kind of walking this stuff out um, of, you know what? I have a choice. Do I want to live on the left side? Whoa, it's me! Oh, you know, and the world's collapsing and it's horrible. It's awesome. It's horror. It's just crazy. 
Or do I want to live on the right side of the butt? Yeah, you know what? I feel like the thief is robbing, stealing, killing. But I know that my God has overcome. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand. There, there is a tension in the kingdom of God. All right? It's here, but it's not yet fully expressed. And it won't be fully expressed until Christ comes back the second time. So we live in this tension okay, of God's power and God's promises, which are absolutely real. But we have struggle, we have trials, we have tribulations, we have frustrations. They're absolutely as real as well. It freaked out John the Baptist. He sent his people to Jesus to see if Jesus really was the Messiah. Why? Because he's in prison about ready to get a waka, okay? And lose his head. And he's like, this doesn't feel like a Messiah. But Jesus pointed to him, just look at what I've been doing. Go back and report to John, okay? All of these things that you have seen. And, and John needed to understand this, this bigger picture. That the kingdom of heaven is advancing. It is here, but we do live in, in attention. Um, it's an interesting story in Joshua 7. I want to read that to you. You don't have to turn there if you don't want to. Um, it's the story of Joshua. Um, right after they enter the promised land, they go against the big, strong citadel of um, Jericho. Okay, the big giant in the land was Jericho. All right, and they walk around the thing seven days, seven times the last day, and they were commanded not to talk. Well, they did it. You ever wonder why they were commanded not to talk? Yeah, I think God knew, you know what? If I let you talk while you're doing this, you're going to be going... Why is our God having us do this dumb thing? This is, we're not getting anywhere with this thing. This ain't going to happen. You know, look at that, look at that guy. He's really strong up there. This is going to be really awful. Okay. Do we not do that? I do that all the time. So I think God was like, just zip it. Okay. And just walk around this thing and wait for it to unfold. Okay. I, I don't think the people of Jericho were just sort of watching them. I think they were throwing stones at them. I think there was a lot of stuff. I can't speak because Scripture doesn't give us a clue on that. But if I let my imagination go, I, I think that's within the realm of, of possibility. But they defeat Jericho. This amazing power. Down it goes. All right. And they're fired up, they're on this high, God's done this amazing thing, and then they come to this little town called Ai. And the spies come back and they say, we got this, man. They're a bunch of weaklings, no problem. Don't even send the whole army, just grab a few guys and we'll kick their tails, all right? Well, they go up up against Ai and they get defeated, soundly whipped. Here's what Joshua does. Okay. I'm going to pick it up um, at verse, chapter 7, verse 6. Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down on the ground before the ark of the Lord remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. 
And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Power, pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this. They will surround us and wipe out your name, our name, from the earth. What then will you do for your own great name? Wow, do you see a little manipulation in there? A little freak out, okay? A little awfulizing, okay? And then a little twist of, gee, God, you know, what about you? Joshua, I mean, he was panicking. He blamed God a little bit. And then he questioned What about your name, God? How come you're not helping me on behalf of you? A little manipulation there. And I love what God says next. Um, Verse 10. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stand up! What are you doing down on your face? He's like, just get up. In this world you will have many troubles. But, take heart, I have overcome the world. God said, I just need you to stand. And of course, we know the rest of the story. Joshua did. He got up, he stood, okay? And he, I think he learned a lesson to move through some things. And they did defeat Ai, and they, they took the whole promised land. You know, you know all of that. But there's a lesson in that. God's like, sometimes we just need to stand, and, and, and I don't want this to be a browbeating message for you today. I want it to be an encouragement for you. Because I know that we feel sometimes like things are really coming at us. And they are. And they're big things. And they're hard things. And they're frustrating things. And they're very real with very real consequences. And to go, to go around going, oh yeah, 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 yeah. My car died and it's, it's got a $1,400 repair bill. And yeah, my hours just got cut from work. And yeah, but praise Jesus, life is good. Okay? I don't think God's asking us to do that. I think what God is saying, yeah, I've got this massive car repair bill. And my hours just cut, got cut from work and it's hard. I'm struggling, if I'm honest with you. But I'm going to stand. And I'm going to put my trust in the Lord. We, we can be honest with each other. We can be honest with the world. To say, you know what, right now, I'm standing. I don't see it, but I'm standing. When the world hears that out of our mouth, I'm telling you, they will take notice. Okay, They will take notice. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says this. It says, acknowledge him. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. That word acknowledge actually means yada in Hebrew, which means to know and to learn to know. To know and to learn to know. I think sometimes when we're experiencing the thief robbing, killing, and destroying in our life. And we say, all right, I'm choosing to live on the right side of the butt. 
we're learning to know him. We're learning to stand. And God's like, I need you to stand. Psalm 23, we love Psalm 23, says he prepares a table for us in the presence of our enemies. Okay? That prepares a table actually means the king's table, and I love this, for our private use. When the Israelites heard that, that phrase, and God prepares a table for you in the presence of your enemies, okay? what that says to the Hebrew okay, is that the king's table is being set up for you for your private use. Because God just doesn't say, yeah, the thief is coming to rob, steal, kill, and destroy, but you just got to stand on your own strength. Good luck. Tough it out. Okay? He's not doing that. He's not that kind of God. He's like, my presence will be found. You will know me. You will experience me. I have prepared a table, my personal table, for your private use in the presence of your enemies. I love what Bill Johnson says. He's the lead pastor of Bethel Church in Redding, California. He says this, to discover the faithfulness of God, you need to be in a place where you need someone to be faithful to. That's what's living on the right side of the butt means. I am going to be faithful to you. Okay? Life is hard. He also says this. I love this quote as well. Bill Johnson. He says, delayed answers gain interest. When God says no, it always means a better yes is to follow. Awesome. Okay? Because here's the thing sowing and reaping don't occur at the same time. Okay? Things have to sometimes unfold. Sometimes when we're going through life storms, we're on the left side. We just have to stand and believe that we are sowing. When you're standing and believing, on the right side of the butt. You are sowing. You are absolutely sowing. And there will come a time where you will reap your faithfulness. God will bless your standing in the midst of trials. It, it's interesting. Um, the last When I was preparing this sermon about a year ago, um, which is when I first began to get the reference and the the revelation for it. Um, as any of you that speak will know, you tend to get tested in what you're preparing. And I can remember my, my youngest son, he played college basketball. He plays college basketball. I remember one day he got injured. Okay? I was late for the game. He, he had, goes to a school in Chicago. I was late for the game. So I had a meeting or something. So I came to school. I was hoping to see the end of the game, but it's finished. So I'm walking into the gymnasium, and two of the um, guys, are, his teammates are walking out, and he go, they go, hey, Mr. Johnson, uh, Aaron's down laying on the training table. I'm like, oh, boy, this isn't a good sign. So I go, I go down there. Sure enough, he's, you know, he's out like this on the training table. And evidently what happened, some like 6'8", 240-pound guy just, boom, blindsided him. Okay, and he's laid out and he's complaining that his neck hurts and 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 I'm I'm looking at this going. 
Yeah, I mean, maybe maybe I'm a little heartless dad. I don't know. But I'm like, you know what? The kid needs two Advil and a good night's sleep, okay? But the athletic trainer, okay, is saying, well, trying to cover, you know, herself a little bit. You know, he really probably is claiming his neck hurts. He needs to go to the hospital to get an x-ray before we can release him to practice and play. So I'm like, all right. I'll take him to the hospital again, x-ray. He really just needs two Advil and a good night's sleep. But, um, so I take him to the hospital. We get into the emergency room, and the doctor comes in. He's like, gets the x-ray, and he's like, you know, because the doctor's got to try to cover himself. It's like, ah, I think you need a CT scan. And he, all of a sudden, we got all these tests going. And, and I'm like, the kid just needs two Advil and a good night's sleep, okay? <laughs> so we go through all of that. And um, I'm driving home from Chicago that night. I dropped him back off at, at school. And I'm like, this isn't going to end well. And sure enough, about four weeks later, five weeks later, I go to the mailbox. It's a nice day. I'm actually in a pretty good mood. And I get this note from Payless Heights Hospital. With this wonderful bill for like $6,978. And I'm like, oh. I'm like, I have, you know, as most of you know, if you carry your own insurance, you, it's so expensive. You tend to have a fairly high deductible. So I'm like, this is all on me. And I don't have $6,900 for this thing. I'm like, are you kidding me? And my first thought was, just because that dumb athletic trainer wanted to cover her tail and the doctor needed to cover her tail and the upstock was $7,000, you know? And I'm walking back from the mailbox, you know? And I went, and then it transitioned from them to him. And I'm like, what are you doing? You know? And, um, and then finally, God does what he does. He's like, what, what message are you preparing? The right side of the butt. I'm totally on the left side of the butt. Okay? And, and I, coming back, I had a choice to make. I'm like, all right, what side of the butt do I want to live on? And I'm like, all right. I'm like, God, <laughs> this is not in my plan today. <laughs> this isn't in my plan for the next 50 years. All right? I have no idea how I'm going to pay this thing off. Um, but... I'm going to live on the right side of the butt. The thief is trying to come to rob, steal, kill, and destroy, but I know that you have overcome the world. And I'm like, I'm just going to stand here. And then, and then it's not just standing there every day running to the mailbox hoping for a check in the mail. Okay. I mean, I prayed. I stood in faith. But I'm like, if this is a trial, then I will sail through the trial. Okay? And so I, I'm like, Listen, I can't write that check. So I called the hospital, talked to the finance department, talked through it, got on a payment plan, began to make the payments. I'm like, all right, God, I am standing. I'm not freaking out. I'm not going to let this pull me down. Um, we're, however it's going to work, if we got to sacrifice some things, we will. We're just going to navigate through this. Well, it took probably almost a full year and then and I'd been making payments and um, trying to whittle it down 
Um, and then all of a sudden, Aaron gives me a call one day because he'd gotten injured again. He said, Dad, I was talking to the trainer, and the trainer told me that the school actually has a secondary insurance on athletes. Like, I didn't know that. And so she said that this claim that I have now that I could submit. Well, all of a sudden, this little bell went off. I'm like, what about last year's $7,000 claim? And he was like, I don't know. Let me talk to her. So he goes back and talks to her. And she's like, well, it's basically a statue of limitations. You know, it's been over a year, but let's submit it anyway. So began to go through the process. Long story short, it took, it took a while. But that secondary insurance kicked in and provided for it what I had not already paid. And I'm thanking God for that. And then about another two months later, I get another check in the mail they had seen what I had already paid to the hospital and they reimbursed me and God gave it all back. And it's it's an amazing testimony. It's an amazing miracle. You know, I'm like, thank you, Lord. You know, it took a while. I had to stand. But God is faithful. He is faithful. If that check would have never come in the mail, I know that I would have survived it. We, he would have provided for us. He was providing for us that month. We, those, that year, we'd never gone without, even though we were continuing every month when I do bills. I'm writing this dumb check to Palis Heights Hospital. Okay? But God was always faithful. And what I was reaping or, or sowing by standing on the right side of the butt, there comes a time where you will reap. And, and what is interesting is I've had many, many people come up to me and say to me, that's it, Jeff, that's an awesome testimony about how God provided. But you know what I remember? I remember the fact that you were one honest, saying that you were frustrated, uptight, stressed out about it. You were honest with your feelings, but you stood. And it didn't cause you to cave in didn't cause you to cave in so i just want to encourage you this morning i'll hand it back over to matt you might be experiencing life storms right now and they are probably and could be very real and very significant and you're feeling it and it's hard and it's real and it's difficult just want to encourage you okay jesus warned us he warned the disciples in this world you are going to have troubles my kingdom has not fully come yet but take heart i've overcome the world i have a table prepared for you in the presence of your enemies your own private table and if you will choose the bible's full of choices okay You have to choose. Do I want to live in the left side? Woe is me and continue to to live there. Or do you want to choose to say, no, I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to stand. I'm going to stand. Because when you stand, you are unlocking something in heaven. You are sowing something that you will sow or reap in the proper season we live in an instantaneous culture so we think okay i've sowed so i gotta reap okay i've sowed so i gotta reap okay but it takes some time 
But here's the thing about reaping. Okay? You sow, farmers know this, you sow a little seed, but you reap a big crop. Your reaping is so much larger than the seed that you sow. But navigating that time between sowing and reaping, that's when you got to stand. You just got to stand. Be honest with each other. Okay? We don't have to deny our struggles. Be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm in this season, but I'm choosing to live on the right side. In this world, you will have many troubles, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Let me pray for you, and I'll give it back to Matt.